So in chapter 5, just on page 28, um, there's two things we're going to look at. Um, the first one is actually a parable, um, or, or actually a song, um, can be looked at. And that's going to be ch- um, chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. All right, so we're going to look at that first, and then we're going to look at the judgment that happens um, as we look at the rest of the chapter there. So, um, let's um, try to think who's good at reading poetry. Or, I mean, does anyone want to claim to be good at reading poetry? Or singing a song? Does anyone want to sing for me? Sing this? No. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, so we have a big no over here. But Gil, you write poetry. You should be able to read it. <laughs> yeah, actually, Gil, you do read poetry. So why don't you just, without even, I know it's hard when you were trying to read it for the first time. Why don't you read, and think of you reading poetry, and read 5, 1 through 7. And just sort of, as he reads it, you know, listen not so much as just words, but listen to sort of like the poetry. You know, poetry elicits emotion. It draws a listener in. It's, it's relational in a lot of ways. So go for it, Gil. Thanks. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. And he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and briars and thorns shall grow up. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting, and he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed. For righteousness, but behold, an outcry. Beautiful. Thank you. When when you taught the Beatitudes, the one that just blew me away was righteousness. Because what we've been hungering for is justice and righteousness. Yeah. So... So what do we, what, what, when you guys just heard that, what, anything stand out, anything strike you, feelings, emotions, just what you heard? 
what what are we Just what are like we doing here <laughs> with this? <laughs> What's God doing with this? It's kind of intense. Uh huh. You know from five down it just gets really emotional like mm. God's emotion you know it's like he's that visual helps me read this better by the way so it was kind of nice you know it's like he wanted this perfect vineyard I mm. think of it like that he wants yeah. this perfect vineyard in it we are the wild grapes and it's like we've mm. totally ruined the perfect image of what he wanted here mm. and then Very good and then he I will tell you what I will do now, and that's mm-hmm. his rapture and his. Uh-huh. It's this intense. It's very, and that's that that five through eight is 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 that's God's wrath. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it, that that visual really helped me see because he wants it to be perfect so bad. Yeah. But exactly. we we became the wild grapes and we ruined his creation. And you see how what God's doing here is that he's I use to represent creation. I use cups and marbles. Right. What is God using here to represent his people and what's going on? His vineyard. His vineyard. Which is delicate. Yeah. Now, what's interesting Uh is the the term beloved. Yes. Yes. It is. (laughs) And that term is actually two different words, and actually that's what it really means, is, is if someone is talking to the one they are just absolutely in love with. And so what's interesting here is, who is the beloved? That's right. It sounds pretty prophetic. Well, well, who is the beloved in this passage? I believe we would be, wouldn't we? We would be, wouldn't we? Well, no. No, look look at it. Oh, 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 I see. It's like God speaking to himself. Well, yeah, very interesting. So, yeah, you're just picking up that irony here as it starts out is like a song and think of it like think of the Israelites think of Isaiah while prophetically speaking this out to the Israelites okay to Israel and as they're first hearing it it sounds like they're singing a what type of song a love song a love song song. exactly you know I sing to my beloved and here's like Isaiah who is so in love with his God. He says, I'm singing to my beloved. I'm singing to my God. All right? My love song concerning his, God's vineyard. Because my beloved had a vineyard. Exactly. And it's had. Yeah. Which is, is interesting. Very it's like good. God had no, a that's vineyard. good. You pick up the tense. Really excellent. Yeah. yeah. And it's like he had this vineyard until we became wild. Yeah. What do you just pick up on just verses 1 and 2? Just chat, just verses 1 and 2. What are you picking up? So, beloved, like you just said, Jason, that's really good. Okay, so here's here's this one that we love, and he has a vineyard. And what else do we find out in verse 2? How would you describe? What What is the song? Before we even know where it's going to go. It was perfect. It was choice. It was, exactly. The word fertile is there. It was yeah. like this wonderful thing. <clears throat> well, and it's clear that he, he took... Pains to create it. Right, right. It wasn't yeah. just there. Ex- exactly. He worked it. What, what, what did, what did God do to create this vineyard? He cleared the stones. He planted it. He built a watch tower. Hewed out a wine vat. Yeah. yeah. With choice you know, vines. Right. You know, you know what? Have you ever seen a, an old hewed out <coughs> wine vat? It's like a giant slab of stone that they're just they carve oh, wow. out like bigger wow. than this room that they carve out like eight feet deep. It's incredible. Wow. Wow. You look at it and go, 
that would have taken some time. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting that he uses a vineyard too, because a yeah. vineyard is very delicate and it's very, it's a lot of work. A lot of work. Right. And I watch a lot, I watch a lot of documentaries yeah. on vineyards because I mean I I love vineyards and 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 I did and I like how they make them and how they like these guys in Italy you know they're out there bare hands still with like the yep. old tools and they make them in the work like he said when they carve those things out it's a lot of work right and it's and it, it's a lot and it's very easy to ruin a vineyard too yeah. you know so right. I, I find it very interesting so who's vineyard. the one that created the vineyard here God huh. yeah and he's the one that created it. so just like when we did all this right. yeah. who was the one who did it all did God. we do anything no, no. zip <laughs> we were <laughs> around for most yeah. of, for most of the days right yeah God did everything. He's saying, I've done every single thing that you right. need. Now, so what do you, when you see he built a watchtower in the midst of it, mm-hmm. what do you, what, what do you I think we're hearing there? The watchtower, what's the watchtower for? And in a vineyard, do you know why they make a watchtower? What do they do with the watchtower? Make, make sure there's no steal. fires or, th- or thieves. Okay. It's like a lighthouse. It's like, it is like a lighthouse. And you know, people live in the watchtower. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who lives in this watchtower of this vineyard that is created here? Looking over the vineyard and God. caring for it. God. Yes. God. Okay. In the vineyards of the Central Valley, they have watchtowers. Yeah. yeah. And so God says, I've created this, and not only did I create this vineyard, but I like, I'm like, I live in it. They think even the, um, the, the hewed out wine vat that's talked about there, um, is maybe even representing almost like the altar of God. Okay, hmm. but it's like I've created this, and when you read about Genesis, where's when we looked at this, where is God living? Everywhere. Where is God's temple in this? What did you say? I didn't say. Anything. Yeah, okay. I didn't <laughs> I'm disappointed. He's all over. He's hovering in all creation. He's hovering. He's hovering. Yeah. He's Actually. It's like the vineyard. Yeah. When God created his creation, this earth, I don't know if you know this or think you have ever thought about this, his temple is here on earth. That's where God lives. He created the earth not just for us to live. The earth is his temple. To live into, yeah. Good point. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where in Revelation, right? He says it, God will live with his people. That's right. God the way, will the way be, it was meant to be. God yeah. will be with, with us. his people. Okay. The earth and us and everything you saw there God didn't just create just for us he created so he will live with us and have a relationship yes exactly exactly most important part (laughs) right yeah okay so you see here now God has created this vineyard who does a vineyard represent here in in this passage who does a vineyard represent his people his people, which is who at this point in time? Jerusalem. In this point in time, Jerusalem. Judah. Israel, Israel Judah. Jerusalem, Judah. Right, exactly. Okay. All the lukewarm. All right, and then what then? So then what happens? He says, I've created all this, and then. Wild grapes. Yeah. What are wild grapes? Well, very specifically, exactly. it says, Surfers. when I looked to it to yield grapes. Now, once you think of the creation story, what did we say that the vine, what does the vein, the great, great, great vines do? They, they what? Reproduce. They create fruit, right? That's the way God created things. And he created things for it to produce good grapes, right? Mm -hmm. But what kind of grapes is this producing? 
The actual word in Hebrew here yeah. means stinky. <laughs> like a peanut. It literally means stinky. <laughs> sour grapes. I was going to say sour grapes, yeah. too. Yeah. Stinky, stinky is the actual literal word. Stinky <laughs> grapes, meaning that both the word in Hebrew means stinky and um, was unuseful. Mm. Yeah. Like completely, you just throw it away. Yeah. It's bad. That's the word for wild there. The word wild, wild is actually stinky and stinky. Um, can't That's be used. Stinky. Let's see. Almost like stinky. Like bitter. Yeah. yeah. It won't be useless. Wine, so it's, it doesn't just describe the smell, it describes the usefulness of those grapes. Mm. No longer useful. Yeah. Not mm. sweet, but bitter. Right, right. Mm. Um. Okay, and then what? And then what do we find out in five and six? He takes away the. Protection. I think it's interesting in three where he said he asked you to choose between him and the vineyard. Yeah, <laughs> very good. It's like almost like choosing between him and like the ways of the world. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Good. And that's, that's right. Yeah, very good. Calls it on every aspect of this of the whole book. Mm -hmm. So what happens in five and choice. six now? Takes it away. Yeah. He does he? What does he do? I mean, it's more than that. But yeah. What? Yeah. What does he do now? I want you to think about the lesson we did in Genesis one. He's literally. What is he doing in five and six? If you think about what he did here, what is he doing in 5 and 6? Like removes his protection. Right? Yeah. Green cup gone. <laughs> uh, tips over the... Judgment the, time. The water one, it floods it. Yeah, it's, just, it's, yeah, it's just judgment time. So what is judgment doing in reading this and thinking about what we saw happen here? Hmm. What is judgment actually doing? Isn't it's judging. tearing them down. It's tearing down. Tearing Very down. good. The form. It's yeah. what? Tearing down the form. What's it doing yeah, yeah. to the form? What's the form here? What words do you see with form here in the vineyard? What words of form do you see? The hedge. The hedge. The Excellent. Wall. The wall. Very yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. She'll be devoured. So you have this vineyard, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden that's the form. Okay. If you go to any vineyard, you see the form, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 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 And what's he doing? He's tearing that down. And then what does he do with what's inside? <laughs> he lets it be. Make it a waste. Yeah. yeah, make it a waste. Yeah. So. Doesn't care for it. Creation, God's creation, when he's involved, he takes what is chaos, tohu vohu, and creates what? Tohu Yeah, he creates. What does he create out of it? He creates. What words are we going to use? Form, form, fill. Yeah. He creates order, order. Yeah. the way things are supposed to be. When he's bringing a, about, when he brings about his judgment, do you see what he's doing? He's bringing bad things. He's what? He flattens it. He flattens it. What, what is he chaos. doing? He's yeah, He's removing the form. That's right. Yeah. 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 Go he's taking wild. and basically returning things back mm -hmm. to. The way they were without chaos. him. Chaos. Yeah. Why does he do that? Because he wants to reform them in a new and deeper yeah. way. Why are we called the new creation? 
God created us as new creation. Why? Because the old had to be <laughs> tohu bohu, had to be returned back. And you see this pattern in scripture. That's what the Exodus is all about. The Exodus is a new creation moment. Okay, when Jesus came and died on the cross, that's a new creation moment. In Revelation, it will become the ultimate creation moment. <laughs> okay, so you see what God does is when things get out of order and man comes in and does what man does, God takes and that's what judgment really is. For justice to be set right, often what has to happen is either for the from us our own, what we did, or God comes along and too and sort of says, I'm going to take away all the form of the film. <laughs> I'm going to just let it all get torn down. Because he's going to build it back up again. It's interesting, Greg, that he doesn't answer the questions asked. Like when he says, when I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? That's what I underlined too, yeah. He's, he's asking that question. What more was there well, for me to do, in my opinion? Okay. In my opinion. So, okay, good question. What's the, what is the purpose of God speaking this through Isaiah? What is God hoping will happen? I want you to think about that for a moment. There's a purpose why God wrote this love song or this poem or this section of the vineyard. Why is God doing that? So that so that they repent? Okay, excellent. Very good, Jason. You guys remember um, someone named King David? Mm-hmm. Oh, him. Okay, <laughs> what did it take for King David to <laughs> repent? Okay. It takes a broken and contrite heart. Well... It does, him, but how, like you've got a friend, you know, you've got, you've got a friend, okay, uh, I'll, I'll take me for a second, a second, okay, and you see that I am just, I have, like, gone off the deep end, I mean, I'm involved to, in sin, yeah, and you, and now if you come up to me, and you want, you want God to, like, like, get my heart and change me, change that, and get me to repent, Okay. Don't we all wish we'd come up to people and do that? Yeah. How how does God do that? Think about how God did that with David. How did God get David? Well, first of all, he sent the prophet. The prophet, the prophet Nathan came and him. told him. But he also killed his son. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The prophet Nathan busted him. How did the prophet Nathan bust him? Did the prophet Nathan go up to King David and go? You sinner, you're going to hell. God's wrath is coming upon you unless you repent right now. That's not how he did it. He told a story. He told a story. That was pretty good, though. Yeah. He told a story. He scared the crap out of me. You know, I feel a lot better now. Gotcha. It's a good lawyer right there. So he told a story, right? Yeah. Why did he tell that story? What was the purpose of that story? So, David so that David would pronounce judgment on the person in the story. Did you guys hear that? Did everyone? Did you guys just hear what, what Bill said? Why did God, why did Nathan tell the story? So that David would come around go and put judgment in that story on the guy that, you know, and then it turned out to be him. Okay, did you just hear that? 
Okay, so I want you to listen to the story. I want you to listen to how God does, does this here, okay? This is uh, Nathan rebuking David. It's actually good for all of us if we ever have to go up to someone and, you know, have that awesome task of trying to call them out of sin. So it says, And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had brought, bought. And he brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat all of his morsels and drink from his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or or herd to prepare for the um, guests who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Alright, that's the story. Then David, just exactly what Bill said, then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. What man? The man in the story. The king who had done this to the poor man. Okay? And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, a man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamp fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. So David's hearing the story and going, I'm bringing judgment on that man, okay, who did this. Nathan says to David, You are that man. Yeah. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul, and I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms, and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were too little, I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord and done what is evil in his sight? And then I'll... I'll skip a little bit. And then what ends up happening? David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And David repents. Mm -hmm. This vineyard story is exactly what God's doing to Israel. Is exactly what happened with David. If you notice, because it goes back to the question about these questions that are being asked. In verse 3, it says, And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. All right? What more was there to do for the vineyard? Okay, and then it goes through, and you hear the judgment that takes place. And the people of Israel are thinking as they're listening to this, they're going, "Ah, oh, who could have done that? Who, who among us could have done this?" All right, and they're wanting to say, "I'm bringing judgment upon the Israelites." To say, "I want to bring judgment upon whoever has done this." And then in verse seven is the same thing that happens when. Nathan says to David, you are the man. It's exactly the same thing that happens in verse 7. When it says, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. Now the people of Judah are there going, yeah, Israel. They're the northern kingdom. They are sinners. They don't even have the same worship place we do. They intermarry with everybody else. I I can see that God's doing this. And all of a sudden they read, and the men of Judah. <laughs> the entire nation of Israel, northern and southern, just got completely nailed for their sin. 
Okay, and the men of Judah are his pleasing planting, pleasant planting, and he looked for justice, but behold, all there was was bloodshed, for righteousness, but behold, an outcry. So God hears, basically, the, let the people figure out, oh, I'm going to do just like David. I'm going to say, oh, that band, that, those people are wrong. They're the ones who are in sin, not me. And all of a sudden, God turns it around and says, you are those people. And his purpose is he wants to have them repent <laughs> to restore that order. Do they do it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And so, what you have with the rest of chapter 5 is these woes of judgment that God, God now, it's almost like he gives them this chance, they're not repenting, and now he's going to bring that judgment on them. Okay? And specifically identify what's going on. So I want you to, I'll, I'll read it, but as I do, what I want you to think about is our creation story again. How is God through these woes, I'm going to use the word uncreating, <laughs> so to speak, allowing man and people to basically take what they have done and bring it upon themselves. We talked about the boomerang. Yep. Okay. I mean, that's what you end up having going on here. Um, what is my little thing here? Um, we had said the boomerang is what has been done by them will be done to them. Sort of the principle of what was happening. What was done by the people of Israel and the leaders is now through judgment going to be like a boomerang. They did these things. It's going to come back around and, and it's going to be what judges them. It's going to be what comes back on top of them. Alright, so you notice that it says in here, look at the first one. Just as an example of that, look at like the first woe. Yep. Woe those who join and think about now think about the creation story and how things are supposed to be. Okay. So look at, at verse eight. Woe to those who join house to house, who add field to field until there is until there is no more room, and you were made to dwell alone in the midst of the land. The Lord of hosts has sworn sworn in my hearing, surely many houses shall be desolate, large and beautiful houses without inhabitants. For ten acres of the vineyard shall yield but one bath, and a homer of seed shall yield but one epath. What are the people of Israel doing here that's going to come back on them? What do you think is being described here? They are amassing wealth and land and property and not looking out for... You nailed it, Jace. Exactly. You that see that, you guys? doesn't sound like us. <laughs> It's exactly greed, right? Yeah. They're just amassing all the stuff, and as they amass it, what ends up happening to those that they take it from? They're crushed. Yeah. So they're so imagine they're they're going and buying all this property, and they're buying all these houses for themselves, okay? And as they do, then they take over the land. What ends up happening to those people that were there? What that land was supposed to be filled with was God's people. Yeah. All of a sudden, God's people is pushing people out of that land for their own greed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And then what does God do? What's the judgment? He says, you want to be without anything? (laughs) I'm going to take now all that that you have amassed, and I'm going to take it away from you. I'm going to do to you what you did to them. them. See how that happens there? So they're now made to dwell alone. Their houses that they amassed are desolate. These beautiful houses, no inhabitants. God has removed them. (laughs) Taken them away. So you sort of see that principle again? What God, what we do to others. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Comes back on us. Yeah. And do you see how the creation, how people... So notice also, what we, what do we say in the creation story? What's the role of people? Is to rule over the animals. The right. Not, not each other. other. You see what's happening here? They're ruling over, They're ruling over each other. Over and over again. Yeah. And, what's the, and look at verse 10 even. The ten acres of the vineyard shall you but one bath. In essence, what's happening here is saying the, the, these vineyards are supposed to yield and reproduce. Remember what what is humans supposed to do? Reproduce for good? No longer are they able to reproduce. Just the same thing as in creation. You see this reversal. They're supposed Mm -hmm. to reproduce. No longer are they... They're infertile. You know? Um, So again, you just see God reversing everything here. And he goes through and does this over and over again with all these woes. Woes to those who um, rise early in the morning that they may run after strong drink. This doesn't happen anymore. Who tarry late into the evening as wine inflames them. They have lyre and harp, tambourine and flute, and wine at their feasts. But they do not regard the deeds of the Lord or see the work of his hands. Okay. So therefore, my people... And interesting, God is still saying, my people. Mm -hmm. He's saying, these are my people. I care about these people. I want them to repent. Therefore, my people, what does he do? Okay, they're supposed to be in the land, fill, the people are supposed to fill the land of Israel. What does he do to bring judgment? He exiles them from the land. Again, reversal of the creation story. The filling of the form that's supposed to be filled with God's people is now empty. Hmm. And he sends them into exile. But he's only given up on them for the moment. <laughs> right. And, and why right. does he say here? Why does he say? For lack of knowledge. Very good. Yeah. Whose knowledge? Knowledge of him. Yeah. Which is they, don't exa- know, they don't know him. Yeah. They don't know him. Which they is exactly. Relationship. Exactly. The yada, they don't know him. They don't know him in a relationship anymore because their they're only thing they're concerned about is... Their big houses. Their big houses. Well, and, yeah. and partying. Yeah. And partying. Yeah. Bring on the alcohol. Saw the 70s. <laughs> yeah. And Sounds familiar, huh? It does. Nothing new under the sun, is it? Nothing new under the sun, is right. Yeah. In verse 14, mm-hmm. it says, Therefore, Shoal yeah, has enlarged his appetite. What's Shoal... Well, Sheol. we would call that hell. Yeah. In the Old Testament, they didn't have Sheol. the concept of hell exactly like we do a Sheol. It is the place where people die, okay? So it's death. It actually just represents death. And so the, here's the irony, is that 
people are causing others to sort of die and doing things to repress and oppress others. And so you can sort of picture the, the people doing that and God saying, I, you're taking away people's food. You're taking away, you know, they're, they're hungry, right? It says right there, the men go hungry. They're parched for thirst. Okay. Again, think of the creation story. What was all the plants and everything there for? For us to eat. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now what's going to happen is the men go hungry and what ends up eating them is just as horrid. It's almost yeah. like a horror movie. It's all of a sudden, you can picture it. Do you guys ever see Lost? Okay. Yeah. And then you watch it. All of a sudden, that dark smoke, smoke cloud comes and... Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that Sheol coming upon them and bringing death over them. Where there's supposed to be life, there's only death. Uh-huh. And everything's desolate and gone. You just see, I don't know, God is just amazing. I mean, if you want to know where you get horror stories from, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah but I think open its mouth beyond yeah. measure. I know. That is a, just a, such <sighs> a descriptor. That's yeah. insane. Without measure. Yeah. Without measure. Where do you see that? Yeah. Right below yeah. the port- it's port- 14. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah, very good, That's Bruce. Crazy. You see that? And then, yeah. And then everybody, multitude go down, and our multitude will go down. Um, we won't. We we can keep going. Through. You guys should like tonight. I mean, this week, go and read through the rest of these woes. The woes, yeah. And just read them and think about this creation story, and think about how you see the reversal of that happening, of this chaos. And I mean, in here, verse yeah, eight, uh, fifteen crazy. is a great one. Man is humbled. Notice how God. What did I say? Judgment. Judgment. Justice is setting things right. Okay, so what does it say in verse 15? Man is humbled, each one is, and each one is brought low, and the eyes of the haughty are brought low. So what does man do? He puffs himself up and thinks, I'm man, I'm like God. Okay, which we know he was not created to do, right? He starts ruling over others, and what's God going to do in judge, to bring justice? He's going to set things right. Going to flip the coin. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. The greatest becomes the least. The least become the greatest. The and what ultimately ends up happening is God sets things back right mm-hmm. how they're supposed to be. So you just see God's just passion to say, I created this world for me to live in a relationship with you. This is how it's to be, Genesis 1. And when it starts going awry, God's... That's what justice is for, to set it back mm-hmm. right for mm-hmm. God. Um. One of the things that uh, I'm noticing in here and, and if through all of it is the way, again, God's speaking to us, right? In, in these ways that he wants us not only to understand the way he thinks, but also in the way that we can understand, Right. And exactly. And, and what, what does it say, Isaiah? We want you to understand. Right, right, right. And over and over, there are it, and and it ends up back with Jesus ultimately. This concept of eating and drinking. There's a consumption yeah. theme throughout all of this, like Sheol, yeah. right? Yeah. But but, and w- what do you do with wine? You. You drink it, right? Yeah. It's a, it's he wants to con- consume us and us to be in him, right? Mm-hmm. And anyway, it, it and what's pop- supposed to be in us, right? It goes back to even what we're doing in the um, 
Yes. Matthew in, in the Storm of the Mount, right? That's right. I and mean, ultimately, what does God say to everyone? And they go, oh, that's weird. I'm out of here, right? Is is you, you, you got to eat me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's fascinating. So we'll end with, um, well, with a good note, but we'll end with verse 30 um, in 5, and I'll just read it. Just And so listen again. They will growl over it on that day like the growling of the sea. Where do we hear about sea before? And if one looks to the land, behold darkness and distress, and the light is darkened by its clouds. You hear just again how you're moving into what? It's like all of a sudden, yeah, tohu bohu, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. But ultimately, and everyone, you guys kept saying it. Why does he do this? Because ultimately he wants to... Bring us back. Yeah, that's right. Bring us back. Wants to create a new creation. You know what I'd love to see? Like if there was like a... You read every verse and there's like a piece of art next to it. I swear it's so detailed. Like I'd love to see like one of these talented folks here draw this like, or paint this. I'm serious. It would be like the coolest thing to even watch. Just ideas out there, you know? Yeah. Looking <laughs> at you three. Yeah. We'll go to Sistine Chapel. No, it would be like Just amazing to flip through these sometimes and see, like, who brought that one uh, when we did, what study was that? We had that, that one beautiful artwork. Um, oh, yeah. What, um, um, what's, that guy, what's his name? Um, I forget his name. Was yeah, it who, him or was that? Remember, uh, he did that teaching that day and he had, we're outside, um, with, it was during the beginning of COVID. What's that guy's name? He always brings his own chair. Oh, uh, Tom? Oh, Tom. Tom. Yeah, hey. Oh. Remember he brought that, he did that teaching. I forget what book we were in at that point. No, we were in, yeah. we were in Galatians. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And it, just, just seeing artwork with it. it yeah, just, it's exactly. Like, Tom Sykes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it wasn't his artwork. It was something he right. found. Yeah, somebody else. But it was like. just, I mean, you read some of these and you're like, man, I'd love to see that right. painted. It just would be so because it's so detailed the way God like lays it out. It's so vivid. Like painting it is. It, I've tried over and over again, but always come short. Oh, I bet. Because it, the the idea is is so profound, and I find myself getting lost in uh, not feeling like I'm communicating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get, I, 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 I've tried it over, and I've, I'll, I'll send something to Jeff, and he says keep going, and then I, I, I throw it out. So yeah, and then and then I then we have like your art that sits in my office yeah. that I left so I can get, and I still come back, <laughs> but I still have it hanging in my office of the most beautiful place in California of Yosemite, and you just painted that with the form and fill that was amazing, the depth and the light. I mean, you capture the whole thing in that. And I bet so. it's hard to capture, like, words. It's hard to capture, yeah. yeah, well, and... and just like the vision of God. I, I, I don't know how you m- might do it, but I I try to get, visualize it in my mind. And, right. Absolutely, yeah. And then, and then paint it, but I don't have enough skill at this point to, to do it. Yeah, yeah, but it's tough. Jay, Jay always, Jay said that one time, when he was preaching, that if he could be any place in time, he would like to be in. Um, a, I can't remember which city it was, Lystra or something, 
where there was a, an academy that Paul was teaching. And he said he'd like to be at the table with them. <laughs> and I worked almost a year and a half on a painting of that with Jay in it, sitting with Paul. <laughs> and it was... And Playing poker? No. <laughs> well, maybe I don't know. Different thing. But it was, a, it was really an, uh, there was some dogs, and there was some nice. It was getting really. It was getting yeah. really close. Yeah, it yeah. was getting close. But yeah. I, you know, in the end, I just gave up. Yeah. All right. Well, Father, we just thank you for this evening, and Lord, that we just amazing that we all are sitting here talking, filling up this room, that you created us from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You have that plan. And Lord, we just thank you for the majestic creation that you have done. And I pray that for all of us, even this week, as we leave this room, Lord, as we unfill this room to go out into the fill of the world, that we worship you as we see the beauty of your creation everywhere we look. Everywhere we look, Lord. And that when we do, we say, thank you, Lord. And we worship you. And we say, thank you, Lord, that you are our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed by thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.